2: Fishing. This is the Starfield Lorecast. Co-Commander Dave Chavins, present. Co-commander Tom co Robot present. We are calculating our descent into your speaker station. Stand up. Greetings, Spacers. This is Dave. Uh this is a short episode of the Starfield Lorecast. Uh we Got a few things going on this week, and we wanted to make sure that the coverage gets out to you. The main thing is that Bethesda recently did a Q&A with the developers of Starfield. So what I'm actually going to do is go in and read through some of the questions, give a few thoughts, um, and then at a later date, we may discuss some of the ramifications of what this could mean, uh, just to get us all excited for Starfield. They interviewed... Emile Pagliarulo, I think that's how you will say that name, uh, Will Shin, both of those are uh, longtime Bethesda developers that have worked on multiple games and projects throughout their time there, uh, and they're leading a lot of the creative process behind Starfield. So let's go ahead and get started with the questions. Uh, question one, can we buy houses or property in main cities? Will Shin says, yep. Yep. There's housing in different cities that the player can get. Some you have to purchase, and some are rewards for specific quests. Emil says, sure it can. You can purchase a dwelling in all the major cities in the game, and there's at least one that you get specifically for completing something. So it seems like that you can... Have different dwellings, much like uh, uh, Fallout, or uh, more specifically, it seems like uh, like Skyrim, uh, Elder Scrolls. Th- those games typically, you would go to a city, you could buy you know, a varying. It could be like a little house, it could be a giant, you know, a- apartment, it could be um, a- like a-, a mansion almost. So it seems like that there's a lot of stuff that you would be able to to do with your house. Um, so moving on to the next question, if we get the kid stuff trait. Will our parents be generated based on our character's look, or are their standard parents put in place? What benefits might there be? Will says, our programmers on our new face tech were excited to make a function that could try to match your custom face and then create two parents. So they are based on what your character looks like, although the specific math involved is a bit beyond me. We had similar tech in our previous games. Emil says, yes, totally. Just as we did in Fallout 3 with your dad and in Fallout 4 with your son. In Starfield, if you take the kid's stuff trait, your parents are based off of you. No spoilers, but I think fans will really appreciate the actors we got to play those roles. And they just got so into it. It's awesome. Oh yeah, and you can get dot 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 stuff. Not sure what that means, uh, but... It seems like that your parents will be played by uh, famous actors, but they will look a lot like you. I really like when they do that um, for Fallout 4 for your son. And I remember uh, based on your character's look, a lot of like the skin tones and stuff would match uh, your father played by Liam Neeson in Fallout 3. So I'm glad that if you choose that, you'll have some uh, resemblance and connection with them. I'm, I'm curious to test that out. Moving on to the next question. For those of us who have never played a BGS game and will be starting with Starfield, what information should we know that will make the experience more impactful right from the start? How deep should we go into creating our character backstory before we start the game? Emil says, hmm, well, we always make our games for fans both old and new, so you can jump in without ever playing a Bethesda title before. Will says, While we do start you off in the same spot, what happened to you before the game starts is totally up to you and your headcanon. Emil says, But we like to look at it less as playing the game and more about living in the universe we created. So settle in, go at your own pace, and pretty soon you'll learn about all the systems and be adventuring through the settled systems the way you choose. Will says, There is a trait in background system that will let you specify more about yourself, but you can also select an anonymous background and no traits if you want. In terms of if you've ever played a BGS game before, try anything. We're a a simulation as well as a role-playing game, so we try to support the player doing what they want as much as we can. Emil says... As for going into a character's backstory, that's entirely up to you. I'm all about that headcanon. For example, my latest character is a working schlub named Mitch Dombrowski. He's a husky, good-natured space trucker, and while he'll do what he needs to defend himself, he'll never shoot first. He's like Han Solo's sweeter older brother. And yes, there are traits and backgrounds that support that kind of thing. So it seems like that the developers themselves are... Uh, Taking more of an approach to, um, uh, I would say, uh, Fallout New Vegas, uh, maybe your Skyrim characters that like you have traits that define your character, but your backstory and stuff is is what you what you make of it. So you can set your character up with a few basic things, maybe that they've learned or, or have had, much like the parents. Um, I think some different schooling, that kind of stuff. Uh, you you can implant within your character but they don't decide you know like oh you are a guy that had a family that got locked in a a frozen vault and this is where you're at now Um, it it seems like more in line with the elder scrolls where like there was stuff before that you did but we're not sure this is where the story picks up though so moving on to question five uh, will there be a jail system if we committed crimes will says yes you can elect to go to jail or pay a fine when you're arrested or even resist arrest and try to escape Emil says yep the settled systems is more like skyrim than fallout force commonwealth in that regard you bunch of criminals there's a civilization there's government and there are laws and in a couple of cases we actually explore the themes of crime and punishment in our futuristic universe so it seems like much like in um Warwin, oblivion and uh Skyrim that you're going to have uh you're going to commit a crime somebody's going to run up to you and say "Uh, stop criminal scum and uh you're going to have a few options to select from which is a great a great thing for me because that's you know Thieves Guild Dark Brotherhood that kind of stuff like that's always been important to me of like being able to have that criminal element to kind of you know mess with the system see what you can get away with uh, especially if you're a hoarder like me that likes to steal everything so moving on to question six will time pass when not in the game For example, will my trade routes, outposts, and mining operations continue to produce, or does that only occur while actively playing? Emil says, the sim only runs when you're actively playing. No sleeping on the job. Will says, only when actively playing. So it seems like that if you're setting up a base that has a bunch of uh, uh, fabricators or uh, things that are plants that are growing or stuff like that is only going to be active while you're playing the game. It's not a a real time thing where you leave it and then come back like um, some of the online games like uh, No Man's Sky or, or that kind of situation. It seems like that it's confined to that universe. I think that's fine. I think it's harder to set up that kind of stuff in real time. Um, I, I remember playing Fable Two back in the days and o- owning those properties and that gold coming in from the stuff that you've owned over time was always a great way to gain the system. But I, I enjoy it from that perspective. Question 7. Can you be a double agent in the game? For example, if you join the United Colonies, can you also join the Crimson Fleet and give the United Colonies information? And what factions have that feature if they do? Will says all of the playable factions can be completed independently meal says, ha, that is exactly what you can do. Infiltrate the Crimson Fleet for the UC System Defense. It's specific to that quest line. Will says, the Crimson Fleet storyline does feature you being an undercover agent inside of the fleet on behalf of UC System Defense, a specific military branch of the United Colonies. But whether you betray the fleet or UC System Defense is your choice that you will get to make. Miel says in the studio, I've been half jokingly accused of referencing movies that some folks have never seen because I'm old. So with this particular plotline, the inspiration was very much the movie Donnie Brasco, which is a the true story of an FBI agent who infiltrates the mafia. How far will you go? These, uh, I guess, hooks in the different factions are really interesting to me. I'm interested in kind of that. Um, outlaw outside of the system play style so i'm I'm glad that we're not locked into a specific thing and i'm glad that if characters want to experience everything that they're going to be able to i think that's a great decision so moving on to question eight Uh, depending on traits selected during character creation will it all be possible to play through the game in a pacifist mode i.e without killing anyone or even potentially anything will says i can't guarantee that every mission can be completed in pacifist mode but we do have a couple of systems that will help Emil says, So we talked about this very on during pre-production, whether or not we would fully support a non-lethal playthrough. We realized that for various reasons, that wasn't totally feasible. Will says, One system is our speech challenge game, where you can persuade someone to do something, like not fight you. Emil says, Now, that being said, there are some good non-lethal options, whether through dialogue or by using non-lethal weapon. Those can be used in certain situations. Honestly, a lot of situations. Though I couldn't comfortably say you can complete the entire game without killing whatsoever. The Settled Systems is mostly civilized, but it can be a dangerous place if you're going off the beaten path. And you're absolutely going off the beaten path. Will says the speech challenge game is added in specific scripted moments and we try to avoid we try to add one uh, to most quests where important characters confront you so that's interesting i I, i'm curious what that means of uh, oh we're going to have like a a body count like um you know characters from like uncharted or halo like you're just going to be absolutely killing people and that's kind of hard to avoid or if that's more scaled back of like oh well you blew up a ship so technically those people died much like you know the um, the things you have to suspend disbelief for, for that Batman really didn't kill anyone, even though he totally just like gave everyone brain damage from hitting everyone. So I, I'm curious what the um, uh, what the complete story on that is, I suppose. So moving on to question nine, what are the beliefs and basic history of the religions we can join? Sanctum Universum, Enlightened the, the Great Serpent. Emil says, OK, so this one will says, yeah. Emil says existing IRL religions are a part of the Starfield universe with folks of all religions and denominations out there, but we really don't focus on them. Instead, we highlight three new ones specific to the game. Will says the Sanctum Universum is only a couple of decades old in our timeline, but has gained a lot of prominence. They believe that God is out there somewhere in the universe and that the humans humanity's ability to travel the stars brings us closer to God. Emil says, Sanctum Universum, the members called universals, believe that God is very much uh, exists somewhere in the universe, that a higher power is guiding all of us. Specifically, they believe that humanity's ability to travel the universe and grab jump is God's way of saying, I'm out here. Come find me. Will says, moving on, the Enlightened are an atheist group that focus on humanitarian and community work. They believe that life is something every person has to take responsibility for so that if we want to hold the world, if we want the world to be a better place, we have to do it. Emil says the Enlightened. These folks are essentially organized atheists. They don't believe in any kind of higher power. Rather, they teach the human beings... That rather, they teach that human beings have to take care of each other and they practice what they preach through various community outreach programs. House Verun, oh boy. So, in the game, you're not really sure what the complete truth is, but gossip among the guards is this. A colony ship sets off for a new world, making grav jumps along the way. After one of the grav jumps, one of the passengers claims that he spent time communing with a celestial entity known as the Great Serpent. What was a few seconds for everyone else was much longer for him. And he brought back a mandate, which is basically get on board or be devoured when the Great Serpent encircles the universe. Is it true? I ain't saying So in the game, you sometimes face off against House Verun zealots as an enemy group, and that's their motivation. I recently got the House Verun tattooed on my wrist, so yeah, I dig them. Uh, To me, House Verun seems like the um, most interesting faction that was discussed by the developers. Uh, I'm curious to to dig in and learn some of that uh, lore uh, with House Verun. I'm curious. uh, I don't think very many like IRL religions will be discussed in game too much. Uh, but I'm curious to see what that is. Really, we haven't played around that much with the religion in um, any of the Fallout games, but definitely it's been a prominent piece in um, older Elder Scrolls games, maybe a little bit of Skyrim, uh, just of a, a plot hook with the Dragonborn. So I'm curious to see how they work that into that game. Uh, question 10. How many companions total will we be able to recruit? Will says that there are over 20 named characters who can join your crew. Emil says, yes, over 20. And we really focused on the members of Constellation. Will says uh, four of them are from Constellation and will have the most story interaction with the player, but all the named characters have their own backgrounds and you can follow um, and they can follow you all around. And, of course, carry your stuff. Emil says, When we first began Starfield pre-production, we looked back at our previous games and realized how popular and effective the companions were, so they were a big priority for us. We really wanted to tie them directly to the main quest. There are some really big moments with them specifically. I should also mention that our companion voice cast is amazing. We haven't released the list yet, but you can be sure there are a lot of talented actors bringing those characters to life. Same for Constellation in general. To me, I am most curious about the companions of this game. Uh, I think that Fallout really cemented uh, what companions are. I think Elder Scrolls uh, kind of lost that a little bit of, of what um, specific companions were as opposed to characters that you interacted with in the story. Uh, the Fallout 4, New Vegas, and 3 Alls were centered around the companions. So I'm glad that they have chosen that as um, a thing that they want to focus on. So moving on to question 11 when we assign crew members to work at outposts, do we have to pay them salaries? Emil says you just pay them once. We actually experimented with paying them regular salaries, but ultimately decided just to have one cost up front. Will says, yep. One time payment that you can use speech challenge game to negotiate over. Some traits also affect the cost. Emil says there's a lot to do in Starfield, and we want to minimize what the player has to keep track of constantly. Uh, kind of uh, uh just a semantics point i think um i'm glad that we don't have to regularly pay these people um i don't like having a consistent debt um irl so i don't like having an in the uh, fantasy game that i'm playing so <laughs> moving on to question 12 will our companions be able to level up their perks will their perks stack with ours will says all crews start with a set of skills at a specific rank emil says they don't level up but they come at different ranks depending on your companion Will says, so you might meet a character that's especially good at rifles and you hire them to watch your back, or you might uh, meet an astrodynamics expert that will increase your grav jump range when you're assigned to your ship. Emil says, well, we call them skills in Starfield and they do stack with yours when relevant. Some are there for flavor to highlight your companion's background and interest, but you really feel the benefit on the ship, combat-related ones, getting a boost to your shields or seeing your companion laying down fire with a weapon they're proficient in in really sweet moments.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator
2: Moving on to question 13. What are your favorite parts of the game? Emil says, shipping it. But seriously, folks, Will says, I love finding content I haven't seen yet or forgot about. Our games are so big that no one person is likely to have seen it all, even after all of our passes and levels of review. Emil says, because of, of my position, my experience is a little different than yours. I won't speak for Will, but personally, I've seen every questline, every city, every major piece of content in the game at every stage in development. So my answer is colored by that. For me, the real pleasure is seeing how they've all evolved to the versions they are today. The version everyone here will play. I have a real soft spot for Neon. Getting that city Neil down took a lot of work by a lot of different people. And the result is really the cyberpunk settlement we had always hoped for. I also love all the quest lines. I think they're the best we've ever done. The designers on this project totally killed it. Will says, our quests really evolve over our development, and it's great to see how everyone adds to them. Designers, animators, voice actors, lighting, everything. I imagine at this point for the developers, they um, are pretty uh, pretty ready to get this game out. Like you spend so much time working on a thing, you really just want to put it in people's eyes. So I do believe them that their favorite part right now is getting it in front of people. Uh, which is coming soon. So moving on to question 14. What books or movies had made a big influence on some of the quest? Will says, I'm a history nerd, so I actually listen to a lot of podcasts like Hardcore History and The History of Rome. Emil says, well, I'm a child of the late 70s, early 80s, and I have very fond memories of sci-fi of that time. So let me think. Will says, while our games is science fiction, I like how historians can tell you about how human beings react to extreme circumstances like war, famine, and technological breakthroughs. And you can imagine how we'd react to similar circumstances in a fictional setting, just at a grander scale. Emil says, Star Wars, OG Battlestar Galactica, Space 1999, Buck Rogers, Battle Beyond the Stars, Ice Pirates, and let's not forget the classic, that is Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. I think I actually saw that one in 3D, but also much headier sci-fi stuff like the writings of Arthur C. Clarke and Robert Heinlein, or films like contact interstellar, 2001, a space odyssey, or even event horizon. In all those examples, you realize that outer space is two things. One, a source of mystery and wonder and sometimes terror. And two, a giant blank page on which you can write your story. And we have written a lot of very different stories in Starfield. I am excited for, um, personally the amount of uh things that they've taken inspiration for Uh, honestly i feel like most sci-fi settings take too much from star wars or star trek and those are easy for us to to kind of like draw from but i like that they used a kind of a wide swipe when they were looking at um, inspirations question 15 what are some of your favorite small details in starfield to add to the immersion Emile says, I think what I really love is that although humans are living in space and our aesthetic is very much NASA punk, this is a very lived in universe and you can see it everywhere. Will says, I look really closely at all of our outfits. You can see seams, materials, especially in the space suits. Constellation members have patches on their space suits and they're tied to what skills that they have. Emil says, you know, everyone loves the sandwiches, but it it's the books that are lying around and the notes or bulletin boards, the environmental storytelling that our level designers and world artists are so good at. Will says, we also love buttons. There's a lot of buttons. Emil says, so all I am a slow typer and somewhat typo obsessed. Totally love the work from our voice actors, too, and the music and the sound effects and clothes, LOL buttons. We do love our buttons. Oh, I do want to mention this. If you haven't heard about it, Adam Savage and the team are building a filming model of the Frontier. And that shipman and all the ships, the level of detail is insane. And he left a link for that video as well um, in his AMA. I'm curious about the level of detail. Um, I think that that's something that we're really going to dig into, especially books, terminal entries, that kind of stuff. You're going to hear a lot more of that in Starfield Lorecast of us just getting into that. Um, so, moving on to, I believe, the last question is. What is the history of mechs? Emil says, ooh, the mechs, good one. So he showed this a bit in one of our animated shorts. The mechs are leftover from the Colony Wars. Note it's Colony War, and not Colony Wars singular. Both, well, they, he wrote it Colony War, so I don't know what he's talking about. Anyways, both sides, the United Colonies and the Freestar Collective had mechs, but the Freestar Collective really mastered them. The United Colonies had mechs too, but they also relied on the controlled alien beasts from their Xeno Warfare division. Both of those were outlawed with the armistice that ended the colony war. I'm not saying there's an old mech battleground in the game. Mechs not usable? No, they're in ruins. Second, I shoot down the idea that we originally had about maybe we'll be able to pilot mechs. I'm still not sold because I feel like that there could be some sort of um, you know uh, plot piece like Liberty Prime or something like that where um, you are inside of a mech. Um, I'm still holding out. I, don't, I now I, I really don't think that'll be true, but I'm I'm holding out personally for that. So uh, that is the AMA in total. Uh, we're going to be talking more about uh, you know some of our thoughts of the AMA at a, at a later time. Uh, we've only got really just two more weeks until Starfield starts releasing. I know a lot of people have gotten their uh, Starfield review codes in. Uh, not part of that situation very much, but I'm happy to uh, do a lot of the release coverage. And honestly, we'll need time to chew on the lore before we start putting out all of that good loreness. So uh, if you liked the podcast, if you enjoyed that, that's great. Um, if you're feeling kind, go over to iTunes and give us a, a five-star review and we'll read it out in the show. I'm not going to read any this week because we've had um, so much going on with, with us, m- me and Tom. Uh, that we're going to get back together, I believe, next week or the week after and do some final thoughts right before release uh, to get us all excited for the game. I know that our show format will be changing uh, come time for game release. I think we're going to be doing, you know, a few things for that launch, getting a lot of impressions and really just like dipping our toe in. And once we've dipped our toes in, then you know what's next. We're going to do the cannonball right into the giant sea and star pool of Starfield. Uh, so get excited for that. As any as as anyways, I don't know how to end this, but I will say that I uh, hope you stay safe out there, uh, travelers of the galaxy, and I hope you have a great week. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this show. Did you know that parodies are copyright protected? Tell a friend and review on iTunes or other services. Dave and Tom, excited for Starfield, let's all speculate and wear no shoes. Hey, why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes, and that's the best I could think of.